Hey everyone and welcome back to another breakdown here for Andor. This is going to be episode 10. First of all, a very big shout out to everyone at the watch party. You guys were awesome last night. I hope you had just as much fun as I did watching this episode because I have to say for me, this was a 9.9 out of 10 for me. And I only say that not a 10 out of 10 because nothing is really ever perfect. This episode had such great acting, pacing, exposition, action, and execution. We have a good number of things to discuss, so let's get to it. And then we can discuss further at the very end. Starting this episode off, we don't skip a beat as we see Cassian and Kino speaking to one another in private, where Cassian is pushing Kino to cooperate with him and rebel tomorrow. They know that this place isn't about serving a sentence, but rather working until death. Cassian believes they're afraid. That's why the Empire fried 100 men on that bridge, and Kino thinks it's because they have power. Cassian convinces him otherwise and explains that power doesn't panic and kills off a bridge immediately. He says that they're afraid, that they're fearful of word getting out on what they're building. And it's very true. I believe they're building something to do with the Death Star. I believe if word gets out, if any inmate gets out and describes in passing, perhaps, what they were building at that cell, at that prison, it would be very bad for Palpatine. Imagine the Death Star being discovered while it was being built. The only reason the Empire had such insane power and control over the galaxy was because of the Death Star once it was built. Anyone who said anything against them or defied them would have their entire planet blown up. This disbanded the Senate and disbanded any course of discussion amongst anyone because Palpatine just did what he wanted at that point. Cassian convinces Aquino otherwise and explains that power doesn't panic and kill off a bridge. He says that he would rather die to take them down than die giving them what they want. You can see the inner turmoil within Kino, and as Cassian enters his cell block, he informs all the other inmates of what is really happening at the prison. And Kino finally snaps and joins in, finally, thankfully, and in the end, he explains everything in his own words, that he's on board and believes it's time to rebel, it's time to attack tomorrow. The crew wakes up as they successfully tick off another day, but this time, it doesn't matter. Kino says to his men that he's assuming he He's already dead, and by going into this, he's really not holding anything back. They have nothing to lose, and it's go time. There's only one way out. They get to work as usual, it's just another day at the office. In the next scene, we head to Coruscant, where Mon Mothma and her friend Tay meet with the crooked rich banker Davos Skulden from Chandrila. We learn that the marriages of Chandrilans aren't set on love between two people, but rather arranged marriages based on a couple's parents and on a couple's affluent status. We now see why Mon Mothma has such a constant disagreement with her husband and why her marriage life is really terrible. So Davo dances around and he says he's going to give her the money, but he wants something in return. Doesn't want payment, but rather wants for his 14-year-old son to meet her daughter. He just says they need to meet. He's not expecting an arranged marriage or anything of the sorts, but he's implying it. And the way of the Trangerlins is that you have the parents set up the kids, and they eventually marry, and the two families unite together, creating power. Mon Mothma reflects on her own marriage with her husband, and she is disgusted and wouldn't want such a thing for her daughter. She tells him, is this your only offer? And he says, yes. And she says, Tay will see you out immediately. Fantastic acting here, all across the board. And it seems that she might be thinking about the offer, but I really don't think that's the case. I think perhaps she's mulling over the idea, but she knows that overall she cannot give her daughter the same life that she has because she is miserable. Now, on the other hand, she has a obligation and a promise that she's given to the rebellion, to Luthen, but she doesn't know if this is really worth it. As Luthen and his assistant, Clea, speak, we see him fixing something that looks to be similar to Padme's headpiece, rather, Queen Amidala's, without the fake hair on it. 
I could be wrong, but it looks similar. Next to it was a Jedi Temple Guard mask, or what seemed to resemble it from the back. Clea tells him that there are signs and clues around the city as to someone wanting to have a meeting with Luthen, and she thinks it's a trap, but he doesn't seem to care. The crew get to work as Kino continues the mantra, One Way Out, a very powerful line in this episode that moves all the men. There is only one option, and only one way out to survive. The clock is ticking, and they must all work together. As a new inmate is heading to the work floor, Cassian uses his makeshift shiv to cut the water pipe, hoping to cause a flood that would blow the fuse used to operate the electric floor. As the new inmate is lowered, Cassian successfully breaks the pipe, causing a flood to build, and they all nod at one another that it's go time. They know it's about to go down. As the prisoner is lowered on the elevator, a few of the men cause a distraction by faking a fight. This distracts the guards. Cassian jams the lift with the guard on board, and they all begin to attack breaking the lift. It ends with the crew throwing pipes and metal objects at the outnumbered guards above, short-circuiting the electrical floor when activated due to the water, and then escaping to a higher level, grabbing blasters along the way. Very Great Escape-esque, however Star Wars style. The crew make their way to different levels and make it known a rebellion has begun in the prison. They gather in numbers, get to the main control room on level 8, and take the guards hostage, ordering them to cut power to the entire station which can take months to start up again. They open every door and cell, deactivate all harmful floors, and Kino makes a moving speech to the entire facility, letting them all know that the inmates are now in charge. The guards are outnumbered, and that this place isn't a jail to serve a sentence, they're making it all up. It's a place to work on what they want built, and then to die. Whatever they're building, they want kept a secret. And of course, as mentioned, I think it has to do with the Death Star. As what part it is, I don't know, it could be the laser itself, as this information will maybe be revealed in episode 11 or 12, along with hopefully a Palpatine cameo, maybe he's coming in and explaining some things to do with the Senate. Now, of course, Palpatine and the Empire wants to keep all of this information very hush-hush. I'd even be not so surprised if the guards themselves were to be terminated as well. Imagine a planet killer being built in secret, and this information leaking wouldn't end well for the Empire. There would be a massive rebellion like never seen before, and without the power of this technological terror, Palpatine would be overthrown. Kino's speech invigorates all the inmates and they break free. They run, climb, kill, and help one another. I really enjoyed this episode. It was action-packed, rewarding, and very motivational. As the men get out, they all jump off the prison into the ocean and swim. They're all free. Some will drown, of course. I doubt all of them will survive. But while others will survive, for sure. However, if they stay, they will all die, building what the Empire wanted. Kino stops and tells Cassian he can't swim, as Cassian is pushed off by the swarm of inmates running and jumping off. Now, I don't know what's going to happen with Kino. I think he's going to obviously continue to live in the prison. I think perhaps he's going to be punished by the Empire, but I think he'll continue to be building everything in that facility. Now, there is the other hand where the Empire is probably going to shut down that entire facility, as nobody will ever come back there since word will now get out by the thousands of inmates who have been freed. Back on Coruscant, we see the ginger-haired ISB agent heading to a lower level in a dungeon part of the city. This gives me some big lower levels of Coruscant vibes, which was supposed to be a show that George Lucas was going to make before he sold Lucasfilm to Disney. I believe there were supposed to be 50 episodes that were created, or at least written, and they had to do with the underworld of Coruscant, with Boba Fett, with Palpatine, and just sort of the scum and villainy of the planet, which there was a lot. So this guy 
guy is named Lonnie, and we saw him at the ISP roundtable. He puts on an earpiece and we hear Luthen's voice. So now we know that he's been a spy this whole time. Luthen makes a comment about his daughter and says it's been years since we've caught up. Lonnie gets caught off guard and thinks that he's being intimidated, and he doesn't like it, and we start to see a very different side of Luthen. We start to see that he's very in command and very scary when he wants to be, and very controlling over what needs to be done for this rebellion to actually happen. He's been watching him this whole time, and we're starting to learn more and more about Luthen's motive. The agent Lonnie tells Luthen that Daedra is rising up in ranks at the ISB, that Parthagaz likes her. She's catching on to the rebellion and everything Luthen and Cassian have been doing. And Luthen is very happy about this. Why is he happy about it? Because she's wasting time focusing on chasing ghosts. She's a few steps behind and she'll never be able to put all the pieces together, at least he thinks. Lonnie tells Luthen about Krieger's pilot being killed and it being staged by the Empire. So the Empire is crooked and they're covering their tracks, they're changing the narrative, and they're doing some pretty shady stuff. Luthen knows everything. He doesn't suspect anything is off with the Empire. He knows that they're crooked. He knows they stage things and that they're wicked to the core. Lonnie can't do this spy work anymore. He wants to resign. He wants out. He wants to be a father. Luthen declines Lonnie's request to leave. He says, we've been grooming you for far too long. This is a pretty weird thing to say, but Luthen is really showing his true colors that the cause is bigger than all of this. He tells him that he's trapped and he's not leaving. Luthen is nuts. He's very dedicated to the rebellion and to the cause. And we learn some very dark stuff about him, that he does this without praise or attention, that he has made his mind a sunless space, very dark imagery. He's taken his life and sacrificed every bit of momentary happiness for this rebellion. Lonnie is having a bit of a pity party on himself and asks Luthen what he has sacrificed, in which Luthen gets serious and he says he sacrificed calmness kindness, love, every bit of happiness that he could have had in his life. He shares his grievance with ghosts, and he tells Lonnie to stay. He needs all the heroes that he can get. Luthen is badass and cold. We see Andor running with Melshi, who is the main rebel leader that led the attack on Scarif in Rogue One. I like that they added this in, and shout out to Awesome M in the watch party for bringing this to my and everyone's attention. End of the episode. We see all the three beautiful moons casting a luminous light on the land as they make their way through the planet and try to get off somehow. Now, how they get off and where they go, we'll find out in episode 11 and 12, and I'm very excited to learn how this show will end. It's unfortunate that it took this long to get there. I know some people really enjoy all of the filler and exposition. I feel like a lot of it could have been cut down, but we are finally here. We are finally at the point where it's very exciting. It's very fun, and perhaps it was all the exposition, perhaps it was all the episodes that really made this moment feel so classic and so rewarding. So hey, I'll let you guys decide on that. I have my opinions about it, but I want to know what you think. This episode was fantastic. It was a banger. And I wonder if we could have gotten this in maybe, you know, episode six or seven or something like that, if we cut some of the more pointless ones out. But I believe even if we did, to reiterate, the end result would have been pretty much the same. We'd still have enjoyed this episode, and maybe even more so now from all the exposition. So let me know what you guys think. Did I miss anything in this breakdown? I will be making a few more videos regarding the characters themselves, like what will happen to Kino, at least a Star Wars theory, my theory, as well as where Andor will go now, and what they've been building in that prison, because I think that's something really important that we haven't really talked about yet. Hope you guys have a fantastic day or night wherever you are watching this or listening to this on Spotify in the galaxy, and I I will see you all in the next episode. Until then, remember, the Force will be with you always.